Welcome to the 21 Minute Podcast. 21 minutes to encourage your walk with Jesus in 2021. I'm Pastor James from Lakewood Park Ministries in Auburn, Indiana. And this podcast is all about helping you connect to Jesus from where you are to who he is. Welcome to episode three. I'm Pastor Luke. And with me, as always, Pastor James. Great James, to be with you. You doing good? What's what's coming up? What's what's exciting for you right now? This coming Sunday is Baptism Sunday. Always, always excited to see someone publicly profess their faith in Jesus Christ. So that's coming up. Really excited about it. Also, yeah. start a new series in First Thessalonians this coming Sunday. So great things. Excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, that is exciting. I, I love baptisms. Um, just encouraging as believers to be able to sit and, and see uh, just see folks just professing, yeah, their allegiance to Jesus. It just always stirs me, mm-hmm. and um, it makes me think about my baptism, too, and I think that's important for us as believers to do that. Uh, well, we've got our third episode here. The first two have been great. I've really enjoyed these conversations, um, but as we dive on into it, why don't you go ahead and just tee up this next topic that we have for today and, and maybe share a little bit about, about why, why you wanted to go this direction. So last week in America, we saw a lot of confusion in Washington, D.C., a lot of violence, a lot of actions that we've never seen in our country. Mm. And as an American believer, I truly want to live for Christ in this country, and I want to be about Christ's mission. And I think a lot of us are asking the question, what does that mission look like when we see so much happening with the political scene and trying to live out our faith? And there's a, a, there's a term being thrown around a lot now that's not new, but I think it's becoming more prominent. It's called Christian nationalism. And I even saw on Facebook, somebody put their little uh, descriptor as, I'm a Christian, not a Christian nationalist. So it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting that this is very much part of the conversation right now within Christianity. And at the heart of it is, how do you live out your faith as a citizen of the United States? Um, Jeremy Beller said this. It was an interesting quote about Christian nationalism. And I only give you this to give you some context about maybe what we're talking about when we say Christian nationalism. He said, Christian nationalism is the intertwining of the kingdom of God with the kingdoms of men. In the American context, it is often displayed by describing America through the language reserved for the kingdom of God. For instance, to speak of America as a city on a hill borrows from Jesus's image of God's kingdom. The marriage between patriotism and righteousness further blurs the line between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of the world. Wow, that's a... That's a good quote. I think a very thought-provoking quote. I think if if we're honest and if our listeners are honest, there's um, there's a lot to reflect on there um, because I, I think we can all, if we're honest, look at mm-hmm. some some lines that have become blurred between our, our Christian faith and our identity as as Americans. Um, so so I suppose what we want to do is we always want to have our minds formed by Scripture um, to recalibrate our understanding of who we are and how we live right. in our land. And so um, would, you, would you share with us maybe some, some passages, passages of Scripture that would, that would help us understand how our two citizenships, one in heaven, one here in America, um, how those work? Yeah, and I think really the question is, where is the source of our citizenship and how does that inform 
the rest of our citizenship. So what do I mean by that? I, the source of our citizenship as a believer is to know that we are first and force, foremost citizens of heaven. That's who we are. We are gods. We are going to eternally be part of eternal heaven with him and his kingdom. And so we have to start there. If, if that's who we are first, who we are as American citizens should flow from our citizenship in heaven. Yeah. And one of the best verses that we can look at in scripture is 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that they may speak against you as evildoers. They may see your good deeds and glorify your God, glorify God on the day of visitation. And I think he's yeah. very clear that the church is really, truly an outpost in an alien world uh, for us. Uh, we are here to represent Christ. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I love his emphasis here. Number one, our identity is that we're sojourners. This is not our permanent home. Every civilization, as C.S. Lewis says in, uh, in, in Weight of Glory, every civiliz- civilization will, will pass away. It is mm-hmm. temporary. Um, but we, human beings, are eternal. And therefore, what's so important for Peter is that we keep our conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that, so that there's nothing they can say against our speech, our conduct, um, but that it is good and right uh, in in God's perspective and and our yes. neighbor's perspective. And I think that's really important for us to hear today in the midst of some of the rhetoric that's out there and and uh, the way a lot of folks are maybe interacting with, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just some of what's going on in our nation. Yeah, so, and I would add this, and you know, for me, I, I love being part of the United States of America. Yeah. I, I love having a U.S. passport. Yeah, uh, it's one of those great privileges that that I believe I have in my life that we have in our lives as as Americans. I love going to see our government work. I was a government teacher for six years. I I love talking about what the founding fathers called the Great American Experiment. Mm. How can democracy work in a way that is going to make all better? And and I think that's that's really what we've seen in America over the last two hundred and. 25 years or more. And I love going to places like the Capitol. I love seeing democracy in action. But for me to realize that my position as a U.S. citizen really takes takes the marching orders from my position as a Christian. Yeah. How do I live out my faith to show Jesus? Because the mission of the church is to make disciples. Mm. Yeah. That's good. That's a good word. Um, now, how about uh, maybe this next passage here from Hebrews thirteen fourteen? You want to go ahead and share that one with us? Yeah, it says, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. So yes, the temporality of any uh, kingdom, any country on this earth, it, it does go. Uh, it has a season, but it's, that season will end. So what does it look like to seek the city that is to come, our heavenly home, in the midst of being in the place that he's placed us on this earth. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and as, as I think about this verse, and especially in light of what you've already said, um, we still desire the good of our land. You know, even, even when Israel was sent into exile, God still commands them to seek the good of the land, uh, to, to hunker down, um, to, to build homes, build families, and see the good of even yes. a foreign land when they're, when they're dispossessed out of, out of uh, the promised land. And, and so for us as well, even as we're here as Americans, and even, uh, even though we know that, that our eternity is in another, another city, the new Jerusalem that we long for and await for and hope in, um, we still uh, can seek the good and the flourishing of where we're at and, and how we vote, how we interact, and how we take advantage of the rights uh, that, that our Constitution has, has afforded us, and, mm-hmm. and which we're, I think, so grateful for, right? Yes. Especially yes. as we see um, uh, around the world how how it looks different under other political yes. regimes and, and, yeah. and structures. And um, I think it could also be said that we truly do enjoy the influence of biblical principles yeah. in our founding documents from mm-hmm. our founding fathers. And there's always going to be good that comes from that, yeah. that we can enjoy. That I love looking at the Declaration of Independence and the National Archives, the Constitution, Beautiful documents that we should enjoy and we should seek to protect, but yeah. understanding that, yes, we seek the good ultimately that people may know Jesus, which is our mission. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's just uh, makes sense in accordance with just wisdom that comes from Scripture. When when you go about things the way God has ordered and designed them to, to go best for the flourishing of people, um, that's going to make for, uh, you know, a good, a good... Uh, basis and foundation for a nation, and, and, and we, we have seen that and, and benefited from that. Um, as we understand our identity as, as primarily citizens of heaven here, um, how, do you, how do you see that impacting the way that we, we actually go about our, our day-to-day, maybe with our perspective? And, and I'm looking kind of at Matthew 5 here as, as maybe a guidepost for that. Would you uh, want to share a little bit on that topic? Yeah, Jesus talked about kingdom life. And when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, these are the the parameters, the experiences of that kingdom life. And he made very, very uh, specific comment on how we are to live. And it seemed very clearly in Matthew, Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall it be salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Jesus looked at what in his time was was very prominent, salt. Uh, There's actually an interesting book that was written called The History of Salt and how salt (laughs) has changed the world. And and we don't think about it that way. We think about how our fries taste better, our popcorn tastes better. That's really our extent of salt. (laughs) But but salt does some key things. Uh, Number one, salt cleanses. Uh, it's always going to be a cleansing agent. And so that's why he used this uh, metaphor of salt to say that as we're seeking the good of our country, we have a cleansing effect because we live differently. Mm-hmm. As we already talked about from First Peter, we, we're sojourners, we're to abstain from things that don't glorify God, but we are to live differently, love differently. Mm-hmm. Salt also preserves. Uh, that's been one of the key means uh, for salt to be used throughout history. It preserves things that when you don't have a Maytag refrigerator sitting in your kitchen, which most of the world for world history has not, <laughs> yeah, right. the salt preserves things. And so we preserve the truth of who Jesus is. And maybe one other thing to put in there, salt creates thirst. 
Yeah. Um, we live differently so that people will say, why? Uh, in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. That's how we live for the good of, of our country and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe we can link in our show notes the history of salt for anybody that's interested in a more thorough it's understanding an of it. Read, I like it. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, well, you mentioned something there about uh, we are called to be be light, and we're called to be light in the midst of a dark world. Um, one of the things that we have to keep in our uh, the forefront of our minds is that even though we belong to the kingdom of God and we're citizens of heaven, there is another kingdom, Mm -hmm. a kingdom of darkness. And we are engaged in warfare and we therefore need to stand against the, those, those schemes. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe you could take us down that route and, and talk to us about the nature of the warfare that we have as citizens of heaven while we dwell here on earth. Yes. Ephesians six brings that out well-studied, well-known. Let me just read the first couple of verses, uh, verses 10 and 11. Um, And it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And as I read this, there's a couple of things to think about. That word, schemes of the devil, um, that's where we get the word schematic. You know, So it's like this idea of an architectural design. Um, that means that the devil has plans, mm. but the devil is not omnipotent. Okay. That doesn't, that means he's not all powerful, right? He's not omnipresent. That means being able to be all places at all times. Satan is a created being. And in that as a fallen, but yet very powerful Mm -hmm. created being, because he does have power in this present darkness, God has allowed that. He has plans that interact with our evil desires. James one talks about that. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot that happens there that he is working to bring down in any way he can, he wants to hurt Christianity, but he is still under the power of God. He's not the opposite of God yeah. because that would give the idea of the of having equal power, and he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't have that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And we see that even from the beginning of Job that all that he does falls under the the sovereign permission of, of God, and and God remains um, in complete control and, and not even a contest between mm-hmm. the two. But First Peter chapter 5 does say that, that, that he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Um, and, and I think that we need to consider what his schemes could look like in our very context as 21st century American Christians. Um, and, and I think one of, the, one of the key distractions is to distract us from our battle being not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of darkness and seeing our distraction come at, at thinking that our enemy really is other human beings, other image bearers, even though they may be in a different political um, ideology, a different camp than us, even though we may uh, disagree with with some of, of what they're promoting, even if some of their actions, such as abortion are, are those are those are you know we would say evil and wicked mm-hmm. um, agendas uh, 
humans are not our enemy and our goal is not to defeat them but to win them over to christ and to his kingdom uh well, thinking practically about some of these truths, uh, what are what are some ways that, that maybe we can think about how we apply this and and respond to it um, as 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 Christians in a, in a very practical way? Yeah, politician and theologian Abraham Kuyper wrote over 120 years ago about this whole thought of how do you live your citizenship of heaven out as a national of a state or a kingdom. And a very, very, very insightful writing. He, he actually identifies what he calls three spheres. Mm. And he says that God has created these spheres in the earth um, for human beings to interact in, uh, state, sovereignty, and the church. And it's interesting because Abraham Kuyper understood that, that God is immediately in relationship with all human life in these three spheres. So because of that, our mission is to glorify God in each of these three spheres when we talk about the state, society, and church. Mm -hmm. And so what does that really look like for us to say, well, it's good to be involved in politics. It's good to want to stand up for the rights that we have under the Constitution of the United States, but be able to stand up in such a way that, okay, as I do that, how do I glorify God in this time in this place and in this way, and to ask that of our homes, to ask that of the church, which is, you know, we know that means the called out ones, that we are to live different, to have to be that salt and to be that light. Yeah, that's, I think it's helpful for us to think in, in, in relation to those, those different spheres. Uh, in, in the home, you know, I'm always thinking in that, mm-hmm. In that arena, just as the pastor of family discipleship, and, and just thinking about the importance of, of of training the next generation to think well, to think critically, to understand their identity as in uh, as citizens of God and and before American citizens, and, and knowing that um, the way in which I speak as their father, as mm-hmm. my son's father, uh, will influence them. And so, if I'm always talking ninety percent of the time about politics, and not very often about being a citizen of God, they'll they'll pick up on that. Yes. Now, when you think about the workplace or politics, what what are maybe some uh, something some words that you would share about how we can navigate those sectors uh, in a in, in a way that glorifies God, as Kuiper says. Yeah, and I think part of going back part of it is going back to what you said about uh, people are not our enemy, uh, as we know from Ephesians chapter six. And for me, that's a beginning point that when we interact with people in political or in in any other type of sphere like our workplace how are we treating them mm. as you said the as as image bearers of god uh, how do we see them do we treat them with that dignity do we love them in a way that is different do we respect them as a person even when we don't agree with their position yeah which i think are key things obviously social media is all over the place with yeah. Um, what I have seen, unfortunately, Christians who have been very mean, very disrespectful mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. That does not speak well of being a good citizen of heaven and bringing glory to God in the midst of these three spheres. Yeah, yeah. And I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I have not seen uh, many people won over through a Facebook uh, right. argument. Um, but I've seen um, a lot of damage done through them. And I think we just want to 
really consider what's the best way uh, to love our neighbor, even through social media. Thank you for those for those words. Well, we are at the buzzer beater Bad. now. Buzzer beater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, so here it is. Here's, here's the question for you to wrap us up. If you're going to write a book on this topic, what we've been talking about so far, what are you going to title it and why? Love them to death. Okay, there's the title. <laughs> why? Because I, I was reading about a man by the name of Bartolome Marquez. And Bartolome Marquez lived under the regime of Francisco Franco uh, in, the, in Spain. Uh, he was a fascist leader right around the time of World War II. And there was persecution against the Christians. And so Bartolome Marquez was executed. And, but, but just before he died, he said to his people, said to those who were around him that were fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, he said very clearly, very loudly, brothers and sisters avenge me Hmm. and he said love them to death wow what a plot twist yes i think about that (laughs) that is a citizen of heaven living out his faith in a political state that is a fantastic quote and i can't think of a better way to to wrap up this episode um on on a on a difficult topic right now but thank you for your wisdom pastor james and uh until next week god bless everyone